God's precious grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto each and every one of us this day from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage, and we are only players on that stage. As we examine our gospel today, the familiar story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus has described for us a play, I believe, a play that begins with the Pharisee, but has three other main characters in the play. Perhaps you would like to play one of those characters as we go through the lesson today, and imagine yourself in that drama. But I warn you, the character you choose to play may indeed affect your eternal salvation. The first player, of course, is the lawyer. He comes to Jesus. He is an expert in the law, and he is a churchgoer, but not really a church follower. His goals are quite different. He has told us right out the beginning he came to test Jesus. And his test question is one that is critical to you and to me as well. Question is, what must I do to receive eternal life? What do I have to do to be saved? I believe each and every person here knows the answer to that question. But just in case someone would be in doubt, we turn to Paul's letter to the jailer at Philippi, where he tells him in answer to the same question, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Clear and simple. Jesus goes a different direction with the Pharisee. He asks him, what does the law say? Knowing this man was an expert in the law, he thought he would let him make the suggestion. And of course, we've heard those words a couple of times now in our text read before and uh, in our, some of our liturgy before as well. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus' reply to that might surprise you, or maybe it surprised you, or maybe you just passed over it and it didn't even register. What did he say? He said, do that and you will live. Is that really true? If we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and body, and our neighbor as ourselves, is that all it takes to get to heaven? Wow, piece of cake. No, no. You and I know that that's not true. We don't even come close to loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, strength, mind, and body. And as far as our neighbor, well, <laughs> that's second place at best. You see, even back as far as Adam and Eve, we found Satan hit that bone that's so easy to touch in each one of us. He said, you want to be like God, don't you? You want to be in control, don't you? Then eat this, and you will know good and evil, just like God. You'll be in control. 
so since that time, it's been impossible for us to love the Lord with all of our hearts, strength, soul, and mind. And we don't love our neighbor either. Not near as much as we should or as often as we can, as the story will il illustrate as we go on. Still many people, people try to play the role of the lawyer. We think we obey God's law. After all, we are here in church, aren't we? And we're doing the best we can. We're just juggling through life, trying to live it. And as much like God would have us do as we possibly can. We read the Bible. We pray. We do all the things that we're supposed to do as far as we can. It's just when it comes to loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, you know, there's so many of those out there that are just not lovable. <laughs> Which brings us to the man's second question. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? What he really wanted to know, you see, was how many people am I required to love? We struggle when it comes to loving everybody. So what he wanted Jesus to give him was a nice, concise list of, well, these 10 people here, now these are the 10 you get to love, and the rest you don't worry about. But <laughs> Jesus had nothing like that in mind, of course. See, we all want to remove the unlovable people from our list of people that we really should ought to love. It's so easy to play the role of the lawyer. We all want to get to heaven, and we're doing, willing to do whatever is reasonable to get there. Give me a simple list of a couple of things, and I'm fine, God. I'll get there on my own. Don't need anybody's help. And you know what? The sad thing is our world is filled with people that believe exactly that way. I'll do the best I can, and God will take me to heaven. If you believe that way, which I pray no one here does, you're in serious danger of eternal damnation. That's just simply not true. Martin Luther, the author of this church and all other Lutheran churches, I suppose, tried to do that. He joined the strictest order of monastery that he could possibly find. He spent hours and hours and hours in prayer and in the confession booth. He even beat himself with a rod to prove the sincerity of his repentance. And yet, he never felt anything but the imperfection of his soul when he looked at the perfect God. Then one day, Luther came across the passage in Ephesians 2.8 that we all know so well. It is by grace that you are saved, through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. 
No, it is not our doing that will get us to heaven, but what God has done that has gotten us there with the promise of eternal life for each and every person who places their trust and hope in God's salvation message. We are saved by grace alone. Everyone who puts their faith and the trust in Jesus has been bought by his blood. We are redeemed and on our way to eternal life. Jesus wanted the lawyer to understand that his good works, whatever they might have been, were worthless in the sight of God because they came up far short of what God demanded. But Jesus 